I'm Jim Frawley, and this is Bellwether. Thank you for joining this week. We're going to talk about motivation. Talking to you about motivation today, I'm going to keep it quick and short because I have a meeting in 12 minutes and we'll see if I can get this recorded in time to do that. So I'm motivated to tell you about motivation in a very short and efficient time. Um, this week, I want to talk about not just motivation. I want to talk about refining motivation. How do you get remotivated? Because we all do things that we love. We all get jazzed about different types of things. We all get excited about, you know, new opportunities and new things. And and we get older and we change and time goes on and, and we just kind of lose the spark, as it were. And how do we find that spark again? And what do we have to do? And what kind of reflective exercises do we have to figure out to say, is this still something I should be motivated on? Is this still something I want to do? You know, all of these types of things. So I generally avoid the topic of motivation. Um, I mean, I talk about it in different ways. I don't like using the term motivation because it's such a, there's so much BS advice about it. Uh, I Googled it right before I did this just to see if there was anything I really wanted to to drive home. And all I want to drive home is don't Google it because it's just a bunch of bogus, <laughs> like BuzzFeed, click bait headlines, you know, focus on something you love and you'll be motivated. And you're like, okay, pound sand. Thank you. That's just not helpful. Um, and so everybody thinks that they're an expert on motivation. They're going to tell you, oh, just go meditate and figure out what you love and, and follow your passion. And then they leave like they're, you know, super coaches telling you what to do. And uh, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean jack. So um, the focus on what you love, force yourself into a habit. Um, it's all BS. It's just all garbage. And the reason it's all garbage is because if you don't want to do something, you're not going to do it. Period. Right. That's it. Right. So if you whatever it is that you're looking to do and you're trying to find motivation, uh, you're probably looking in the wrong place. We're probably focused on the wrong things. And I, I, I can relate to that pretty well. Um, and it was extremely relevant this weekend. So this weekend I was up, uh, it came a bit to a head. I signed up for a 20 mile run. Why I do these things, I don't know. But I signed up for a 20 mile run up at Martha's Vineyard and um some people sign up to do it as a relay. Some people sign up to do the full thing because they're stupid. And um, and a lot of us, we just didn't want to do it. Our heads weren't in it. We were like 20 miles. It's cold. It's rainy. Like, why? Why? We're in our 40s. We're grown-ass individuals. Why are we choosing to do these things? And the nice part about being an adult is that you could choose to not do something. Right? And, and I'm a big proponent of, you know what? I just don't want to do it today. And I'm not going to. And I'm a grown-ass man. And I could just tell you that I'm not going to run 20 miles today. So I ran 10 of them. And that was fine. I still hated it. But I wasn't, you know. And and I was talking to my friend, Emily, who invited me up. She kind of coordinates this run with a bunch of her friends. And she's been gracious enough to to invite me up. And uh, her her husband, Dennis, who's been a friend of mine for over 20 years, um, is up and we make like a big weekend out of it. And it's a lot of fun. It's great social interaction. But we were talking about, she said, you should do a podcast on, on motivation. You know, it's February, Martha's Vineyard. It sounds like a cool idea. I don't know when it does, but, um, but why aren't we motivated 
to do this. We used to love it. We used to love this run. We used to be like, rah, 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 20 miles, let's do this. And now it's like, eh, you know, why? And and it related to me a lot because the same thing happened to me last year. I signed up for a triathlon with a buddy. We were doing a half Ironman up in upstate New York. And I woke up that morning. I'm like, it's just not going to happen today. Like, I'm just not, I wasn't in it. Like, it's just, and I and I left my bike there. And I, I didn't sign up to, I signed up to do the race, but I, I didn't show up. I went up and saw him. I said, I'm not, I'm not going today. Call me a punk. But he did it. And you can't take your bike out of a triathlon until it's over. So I basically had to sit there and watch all these triathletes do it, um, <laughs> which was awful. But so what I did was I sat and I reflected. I'm like, why couldn't, like, I couldn't get my head around doing a half Ironman that day. And I'd done a bunch of them before. And I reflected a lot on it. And why am I doing triathlon? And what's the point of this? I'm spending all this money. I'm, I'm like, what's, why? Why am I doing all of these things? And and it was the same thing with the run this weekend. And uh, my timing was actually pretty good because I get triathlon magazine, triathlete magazine, whatever it's called. They mail it to me. They still mail you a magazine, which is nice. And like after I, two weeks after I had not done the triathlon, the headline article was, you know, if you can't visualize yourself finishing a race, you probably shouldn't do it because you might hurt yourself. And I was like, all right, these people, something's going on in the triathlon world that other people aren't motivated in the way that I'm motivated. Um, and so it resonated with me and it was really important. And and what I figured as I was doing the race, not doing the race, sitting reflecting on why I wasn't doing the race, was I signed up for triathlon to see if I could do it. And that was my why. Right, and I, I started with a it started with a 10k run, and then it went to a Tough Mudder, and then it went to a I don't know a, a sprint triathlon, an Olympic triathlon. I did a half Ironman, and then last year I did a full ma- a full Ironman, uh, or two years ago, whatever it was. And so I've done it, I've done it, and I was like, okay, so now I've got a half Ironman. I'm like, I've already did a full. Right, what what's the point? You know, like you know, I, I needed something bigger. Um, what's next? And and what I settled on is, and this kind of clicked on me because there were other things going on with, you know, why the business, you know, why I can help people. That's great. But you know, why? And and we have to find these whys in and out of it. And so, you know, what I settled on was that I wanted to see if I could do it and I could do it. And there are a lot of things in my life that, that really motivated me up probably until I was like 40. Can I do it? Can I do a Tough Mudder? Yes. Can I do an Ironman? Yes. Can I write a book? I did it, right? All of these things, right? Let me sign up for the craziest ass thing. And people will say, why? I want to see if I could do it. And that was it. And adventure time, right? And that's good. Just try something. If you fail, at least you tried it. Yada, yada, yada. It's not good enough for me now. And um, maybe it's because I've hit the max kind of crazy I want to hit. You know, I could just sit there and say, maybe I have to do a hundred mile run. Maybe I have to do that, but then at what point, like I'm going to be 80 years old doing like 10,000 mile runs. It's not, it's not really sustainable to keep going that way. So what I got on was I've seen that I could do things. I could do whatever I, whatever I set my mind to. Now I want to get good at it. And that's where I settled, right? I wrote a book. Now I want to write a really good book. I did a triathlon. Now I'm, I'm my life is dedicated to beating my friend Larry at triathlon. Um, <laughs> I want to get good at it to beat Larry. Um, so all of these things are, you know, we need something bigger. We need a why that's bigger. And and I, I'm constantly brought back to when we talk about fitness and wellness, and this is very fitness focused, and I apologize for that. It's only because it's kind of relevant right now. But um, I always say, you know, it goes back to find something to do, learn how to do it, and then learn to love it. And 
I love it. I love triathlons and I love writing and I love these things, but sometimes that's just not enough, right? So finding something you love is not enough because there's other things going on in our lives. And we make decisions based on, because ultimately motivation is a decision. You're deciding to do something and it's based on the things we want to do at a certain time. That's what motivation is. And as we continue to evolve, our interests change and that's okay. Right. I've evolved. I, I'm now I'm not a good triathlete, but I'm a triathlete who's done a full Ironman. So now my perspective's different. I have to change what my motivation is going to be. I'm not an aspiring writer. I've actually written. May not be good, but I wrote it and I published it. And that's fine. Right. So my perspective is different. Uh, I've had two conversations recently with friends about living in the city. It's awesome in your early 30s, late 20s. But they're in their late 40s, early 50s, and, and they're like, look, the city's changed. I'm like, the city hasn't changed. You've changed. City's still fun if you're 30 years old, but now we're kind of like, get off my lawn, right? Get the hell out of here. And, and people are turning their back. And that's ultimately where motivation kind of lies in this, we're changing and the world's changing, but certain things are staying the same and it's different and it's all of this type of stuff. And, and you know, you may love running at a younger age or boxing or whatever, uh, maybe something new sparks your interest and you want to do yoga. That's fine. There's always something bigger than what we're talking about in the moment. And tapping into that is is where your motivation lies. And, and so there are two things that I'll leave you with that I want to, you know, for me, in terms of refining motivation is not just about, you know, I've decided to do this and so now I just have to get motivated to do it. Maybe you don't. And so... I would say two things for motivation. One is we all want to feel valued. This is part one of motivation, right? When we feel valued and when we know that we are bringing value, we are motivated. At least I am, right? So I need to be bringing value. I get jazzed about doing cool stuff. L&D, learning and development, adult learning, changing a corporation and the way they think about things and all of this stuff. Uh, seeing an adult's potential gets me jazzed, right? Like in crazy ways. I just had a, a pre-call with someone who wants to be on the podcast and they've got this really cool creative idea. And I'm like, this is, this is amazing. And they got jazzed and motivated. And, um, but, but in order to, to bring value, we have to create something, right? We can't just be of value. We have to create something. We have to do something. And it's not just taking orders. We have to execute. We have to come up with a good way to do it. That's where motivation is. We can't just be an expert and wait for people to come to us. We have to create something that we can be proud of. And, and it goes back to what are you creating? And, and I think that's why the, the Beatles documentary on, on Disney was so big with the Get Back 10 Hours. Um, and I just listened to a podcast on the way home from this run. I was introduced to it by my friends Dennis and Emily. Um, the Smartless podcast with Will Arnett and, and Jason Bateman and Sean Hayes, they were interviewing Eddie Vedder. And, you know, today we're at this point where we have just this unfettered access into how geniuses work. And none of them are focused on what other people think. They're only focused on creative process. If you watch the Beatles get back, what, what, you look at Paul McCartney, he wasn't even there when people were talking to him. He was thinking about something completely out there. He was committed to his work and the creative process and whatever it is. So we're able to see the way these geniuses think. 
right? And the question struck me as I was driving home, listening to Eddie Vedder talk about his, you know, why he makes the music he makes and all of this stuff. Like Eddie Vedder is one of the only rock stars that like true rock stars in the world. And so the question that came to me is what, if Eddie Vedder showed up in my house, could I go toe to toe with Eddie Vedder? And I would love to go toe to toe with Eddie Vedder, right? That would motivate the hell out of me. And the the answer should be like, hell yeah, I would like Eddie Vedder. If you listen to this and you need a people strategy for Pearl Jam, ring a ding, man. Let's do it. Let's rock. And, and they asked him the question, who haven't you worked with and who would you want to? And he danced around. He said, basically, basically what he said is, I have, right? He just danced around it. But what he talks about is he likes creating things with interesting people. So it's not that he wants to identify one person to work with. He wants to create things with interesting people. So what are you doing to make Eddie Vedder want to create something with you? And so that's motivating to me. So that's part of it. That's a creative process is one. But the second part of it is social interaction. It's got to be social. I had so much fun chatting with people this weekend. And we have to surround ourselves with people who are going to motivate us to be positive, upbeat. Uh, It's time to be selective to say who's going to help me get motivated about something else. The social component is so underutilized. That's key is surrounding yourself with these type of people to get you to, to run the creative juices in, in your mind and to challenge your way of thinking. And that sucks sometimes because if you're like me, I don't like interacting with a ton of people. I like sitting at home. So we have to be selective in finding these people and it's a real investment in yourself to find positive, motivated individuals, those people who are uh, are going to be additive to you, that will help your creative process. Creative process plus social interaction, that's what's going to make motivation good. That's what's going to be motivating for you. And I, I find myself now getting motivated about triathlon again because I'm getting creative and how I'm going to train for it. And I just was chatting with all these people about the cool things that they're doing and I'm learning from them about how they train for it. And now I'm actually really excited. I'm going to beat the hell out of Larry when, when he tries to... <laughs> compete. But this is my strategy going forward. This is my, this is going to be my motivation strategy is, you know, I have to create something. I have to try it. And I got to find other people to bounce the idea off of. And if they're not going to be additive to me, if I don't surround myself with Eddie Vedder's or Paul McCartney's, then I got to find those people. And I have to be the Eddie Vedder or Paul McCartney to them. And it's ultimately up to me. It's my decision. It's my, you know, we talk about accountability. We talk about all these things. We ultimately lie in the bed that we make. And the same thing goes for motivation. So good luck with that. I'm a little late for my meeting, but you know what? You're more important. You're always more important. So have fun. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Now do something for yourself. Bellwether is much more than just a podcast. Join us at bellwetherhub.com where you can read riveting articles, view upcoming events, and connect with other interesting people. I look forward to seeing you out there soon.